This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 21. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm your host, Brett Duncan. I am joined today by Chris Fuller. Hello, Chris. <laughs> hey, Brett. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, and, and this is going to be a fun topic today as we dig into this. This is actually something in several episodes back. You kind of made this a little side note. I, I, I noted it then and heard it while I was editing, you know, saying, ah, we should make that a, a separate podcast episode. So that, <laughs> that is, you were prophetic. That's what we're doing today. Awesome. Uh, and it has to do, and I was intrigued by this, it has to do with this concept of strategic sprints and rests. Now, yeah. Obviously, this came up, you know, in, in reference to Iditarod leadership and the analogy of running the race. And um, and again, if this is one of your first episodes with us, we strongly, strongly suggest that you want to listen to previous episodes as we broke down the concepts of Chris's book, uh, Iditarod leadership. It's, it's certainly it's just wonderful, great analogy uh, on on how to apply leadership and team building. But today, you know, we're going to talk about strategic sprints and rests and really what does that mean? How do we apply it? And what's so strategic about it? You know? <laughs> well, I think everybody comes up with a strategic sprint, right? We get that strategic sprint. But can you even wrap your brain around a strategic rest? It, it seems like an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, leaders love to run. And as leaders and drivers, we love to mash the gas pedal. But, you know, running all the time, redlining all the time is a surefire way to not only achieve burnout for you and for your team, it's also a great way just to blow up the vision. And without that mental acuity, without that, that refreshing, um, it's really hard to, to stay on the cutting edge of the game. Mm-hmm. And so that's... That's kind of interesting when we when we look at that particular piece um, the, on the strategic rest, and we'll get into it later. But but let me uh, for 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 me, yeah, being a, a driver and really wanting to achieve more, do more, uh, I continue to try to tell myself this is my internal head talk now. Okay. In order to recreate, I have to recreate. Mm. So in order for me to stay hot fresh, cutting edge, relevant, at times I have to recreate, recreate, refresh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, why would we put, we put our phones on the battery charger every night. When do we put us on the battery charger? Yeah. And what does that even look like? And what does it look like for our team? Yeah. And what I love about the Iditarod dog sled race is you can start, you do start the, t- the race with 16 dogs. And if a dog isn't performing or a dog has a health situation, you can drop the dog. But what you can never do is add another dog Hmm. in this race. Mm -hmm. And for those mushers, if you will, those leaders that think, I'm just going to use them and lose them. Mm -hmm. They're human capital, you know, uh, and they're just inventory to be consumed and tossed. Man, I just, that drives me crazy when people take that perspective around the employee base. These are people, great people that have invested their career track into you. And there's this mutual care that I believe that needs to go into it. And it's this combination of, man, we're going to run, we're going to run hard, we're going to sprint. And at times, for me, 
for you, I need to realize that we can't redline this thing the entire uh, duration. Yeah. Well, and you talk about almost every episode, you somehow bring up, you know, repeatable, sustainable, <laughs> scalable. I'm glad you're listening. Yes, yes. I finally picked up on it. Yeah. And, uh, but this really deals with that sustainable part. Right. right? I mean, and uh, I think that's what's so intriguing. You know, and it, we're obviously talking about rest, but, you know, rest in response to times of sprint because... The other part of this is I can get so intrigued by this idea of rest that I almost uh, think, well, I will never sprint then, right? Yeah. But, you know, business certainly requires that. Life requires that. Uh, that there are times that strategically you look at it and you're like, now is the time to step on it. You, you know? can't, yeah. When, when you have some of that time and competitive advantage, that yeah. is not the time to, when momentum is working for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to ride the wave when the wave is rideable, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's that's a uh, absolutely great point, Brett. Mm-hmm. That um, if you're right in the middle of riding the wave, um, what we have to do then is, um, and we can come back to it. What we have to do then is, we run strategic sprints in particular areas of our business and mm-hmm. see if we can give someone a five minute break, ten minute break, and cycle them back through a less stressful less intense aspect so that they can continue to cycle through yeah. and they'll do that with dogs they'll, they'll do that they'll trade off lead dogs and swing dogs and so they'll just get them a little way away from the front um, for just a few minutes or a 30 minute run hour wrong run just to recharge that mental energy and keep them going so um, we can sprint but we can't sprint with the same people all the time in the same areas we may have right. to trade off different sprint areas within the business yeah so talk a little bit about you were telling me as we were setting up for this kind of the actual the path, the race, you know, that takes place. And there's obviously things that the the musher can decide to do, but there's also things that the race itself dictates, right? right. Yeah, there are uh, a couple of, of eight-hour rests. So um, when they were architecting and designing it, um, really essentially – uh, you you kind of know if people are running, you know the tendencies, and uh, at some point, essentially, someone could overdrive their team, overdrive their dogs, and we've all been a part of that. Um, you know, yeah. I've been a part of a leader that had no problem burning me out, mm-hmm. and uh, and the problem is without effective boundaries, which may be a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Without effective emotional intelligence on your own, you may end up over serving. And so one of the struggle points that I talk about without, uh, within leadership boundaries and the, the effectiveness of that is uh, if we burn out, usually it's because we've allowed the organization to burn us out or we haven't felt permission to say no hmm. or we can't say no to save our lives. And so if your no is broken, you're in trouble mm-hmm. and you've got to be able to set that side and say, man, guys, I think for the team right now, we need just a 10 minute break, you know, a week break, a two week break, um, before we get into the next sprint. Mm-hmm. And no, so those, those to me are, are, are key pieces. So you have two eight hour breaks and you have a 24 hour break. And yeah. so you, you must rest your team, um, during these particular points before you make some of these runs and some of the checkpoints, I mean, the, some of the checkpoints are maybe, you know, 30 miles long, 50 mm-hmm. miles long between these segments and some 70 plus miles long. Uh, between the segments. So uh, you've got to, you know, you, you, you don't have to stop it. You have to check in at every checkpoint, but you don't have to stay an extended time at every checkpoint. Yeah. So you may, you know, you may hit a checkpoint and sign in with the vet crew, sign in with the, you know, the, the uh, staff at that checkpoint and then blow on through and continue that run. If your team's running well, 
you may not stay but a two-minute, three-minute window at a checkpoint before you run as opposed to staying three or four hours. Give everybody a straw bed, uh, energize them, feed them, nurture them, freshen them up for that next race, yeah. that next run. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, what we see a lot, it, you know, it's like, hey, how do, I, how do I fit it all in? You know, and especially as a leader or as a driver, um, that each accomplishment kind of feeds your ambition, right? It and does. you're like, also each accomplishment shows you a little bit more what you're capable of. Right. And so you're like, oh, well, I can do that. And I bet I can even do it a little bit more. Yeah. And so this idea of sprinting, which there should be a beginning and an end to it, a lot of times we get caught in, well, I just did it and I can keep doing it. Difference between a sprint and a hamster wheel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, but it's so talk to me though. A lot of, and I'm sure you've seen this with your clients. A lot of times we look at business as it might be made up of sprints, but it in and of itself is not a sprint. Right, right, right. And and so how do you again the the three components? Yeah. Um, it has to be repeatable and scalable. But yeah. if it's repeatable and scalable and lacks sustainability, yeah, we may get it in the front door, but we're losing it out the back door. Mm-hmm. And so that's such a key piece. Um, Harvard did a study about developing the right culture and the right leadership culture. And at the end of, I think it was John Cotter's uh, study, at the end of an eight-year period of time, those with these sort of these uh, leadership cultures, and there was a lot that went into that, um, you know, how they aligned all of it. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is 517 firms didn't necessarily have the right culture. 342 had the right culture. And both of them grew. They still, during this eight-year time period, both sets of organizations grew of the 850-whatever control group. Um, The the 517 grew 166%. The 342 grew 682%. So those with this great leadership uh, culture that Mm -hmm. equipped and empowered, delineated, uh, all the stuff we talk about. Mm -hmm. Their revenue still grew uh, at four times what the other people's uh, revenue grew. Now, the other group still grew 166%. But the interesting number that came in to me was um, the net, the net number that they were able to keep mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Those that grew 166% only kept 1%. They got 166% more in the front door, but only 1% extra hit bottom line. Wow. This group on the 342, they, they grew at 682%, but they kept 756%. Wow. Why? It's an equipped, an empowered, an inspired, if yeah. you will, workforce that ultimately was looking at, can we do it better? How do we do it better? And you can't have creativity without that pullback that allows everybody to recreate, to refresh, to stay current, and all of that. And that comes us up to us as a musher to think about, again, repeatable, sustainable, scalable. I'm working with an organization right now that is in the midst of some intense things going on in their business. They're in some roll-ups, so they're doing some mergers and acquisitions, but they've got some big system changes that they're doing and trying to do all of these pieces and, and talking to the, to the, uh, uh, the essentially the C-suite. Um, I talked about, you know, guys, we can continue to sprint but I would encourage you to sprint in different areas of the business at different times. Yeah, so to dig into that. I mean, on an organizational level, how do you balance the rests and the sprints? And yeah. 
So it's going to be, you know, if, if we're in a roll-up situation and we're in this, uh, this, this competitive advantage where we have the opportunity to acquire or merge with a, uh, a, you know, somebody else in our industry, then it's going to be, it's really enticing to just go grab another company. Again, most of the uh, growth now, um, people are seeing that they don't see that they can grow organically. Mm-hmm. So they go through, grow through acquisition. And so as we're going and we're adding another Lego block to the conglomeration that we are, at what point do we make sure that we're assimilating that new company into our existing culture? And then back to the inspired model, integrating mm-hmm. all of that into making us one company instead of, oh, well, you guys are that division, we're that division, we were this prior company, you're this other company. And so we never really get that one heart, one mind, one piece. Mm-hmm. And so at times, can we, can we continue to maybe look for some of that particular piece? But when do we back up and run a strategic sprint on the systemics, on the infrastructure, maybe on the processes, maybe on inventory controls, and then let's back up. But we've got to look at different areas of the business and say, what area of the business has been in an extended sprint and where might they be reaching a point of exhaustion? Or again, you know, if we back up and refresh, maybe we're going to get a whole lot better. Um, well, Stephen Covey had that, the mm-hmm. habit, uh, mm-hmm. the seventh habit of the seven habits was mm-hmm. sharpen the saw, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so any, when, when do we sharpen the saw? Uh, I think he quotes uh, Abraham Lincoln, or uh, I forget who he quotes in that. Uh, maybe you guys can look it up for me. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> but essentially, somebody said, hey, if, um, if I had to chop down a tree, I would spend the first five hours sharpening the saw. Mm-hmm. So at what point are we sharpening the saw to be that cutting edge? And so as we're looking at that particular piece, um, we've got to recreate to recreate. We've got to refresh to sprint. And so the balance of those two, I think, are key pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and that's so good. And I think it's, you know, beyond, you know, physically seeing burnout, like on people's faces, you know, knowing like, their health is bad or they're run down or anything like that, which certainly happens. Well, yeah, yeah happens absolutely. Okay. Beyond that. Are there some red flags that you see on a regular basis that are signs of your this area, this team is running at near exhaustion level? Yeah, I mean, the first one would be just the emotional intelligence to be socially aware that people are becoming hollow. I mean, yeah. you know, just the, is their energy level the same? Is their enthusiasm right. the same? Is their passion the same? Um, but a couple of telltale signs around some of the others are, are they showing up a little late to work? Uh, Um, Burnout is usually indicated by late arrivals. Um, We talk about it from a surveying standpoint, uh, and I'll do this in a workshop or a seminar or keynote. I'll say, how many of you start pre-feeling your week on Sunday afternoon? How many of you are in the, oh man, I got to. And so you really aren't even authentic back to your family and your home life on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, because you're already dreading going in on Monday morning. Well, the likelihood is you're going to be five to 10 minutes late on Monday morning um, as a coping mechanism to to saving your own psyche. Uh, So um, uh, tardiness is one of those key pieces, attitude, um, infighting energy level. And then I would just, you know, one of the, again, one of the telltales is uh, slipping deadlines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's some of the fastest ways to tell whether we need to 
Um, if we're blowing through deadlines or we're missing deadlines or, um, you know, that, that was, those are some things. But, but again, if you're, if you're an intuitive leader, if you're aware at all, if you have any emotional intelligence, you can usually ask people, hey, how's the team doing? Oh, man, they're hitting their numbers. No, no, back up, time out. I didn't ask if the team was meeting their numbers. Mm-hmm. When I said, how's the team doing? I didn't say, how's the team doing? Mm-hmm. How's the team? Right. Can we look at that mutual care, that social responsibility to us as leaders, that in the midst of developing and doing what we do, there's not a wasteland of people, yeah. real names, real faces, real families that are in the wake of us doing this. Yeah, and this is really a, one of the primary responsibilities of a leader, right? It, to me, it's, it's long-term. Yeah. We have to, um, satisfaction, here's, here's, ultimately, if you want to go um, yeah. large scale on it, a leader's job is to satisfy key stakeholders. Yeah, yeah. But your only key stakeholder is not your investor. Your only key stakeholder is not your customer. Um, so we have a triple bottom line, which is, again, serve the people that serve the customer that ultimately delivers an amazing bottom line. Yeah. So this sustainability comes into, you can't sustain it, you certainly aren't gonna keep it if you scale it without having some level of just making sure where should we be sprinting, where could we be sprinting, and at some point, how do I give my people a break for the long haul? Are there some steps that come to mind on how someone, a leader can step back, look at things a little bit, I don't know, higher level or whatever, and start to identify, okay, this is when we're going to need to sprint. You know, this is when we're going to need to rest. Therefore, I mean, what's that look like? I mean, anything come to mind there? Well, some of it is is just kind of having a sense of the market or when opportunities right. drop in your lap, you know, that that's an obvious sign. Yeah. Of, hey, I got a call from so-and-so. This particular company is open. I think we could grab them. I think we should grab them. You know, I think that those particular pieces are... Um, are, are right um, mm-hmm. for that market conditions. Right. You know, I think that the the ability to diversify or to look at that, um, it may be a protectionistic move that you say, guys, I know we're in the middle of a couple of sprints. However, I want to make sure that we are a viable, sustainable, diverse organization, and therefore I need to make these moves. Yeah. Um, but, but again, the vast majority is, um, can we get it? Can we keep it? Yeah. I mean, those are a couple of immediate things. Can yeah. we get it? Can we keep it? And or um, I've been around a couple of companies that overextended, mm-hmm. and they chose to try to expand, but they expanded at their own peril, because again they didn't have the leaders ready, they didn't have the systemics ready, and anything that they did uh, ultimately bankrupted the organization. It's got to be repeatable, sustainable, scalable. Well, I think that last question you brought up was key. You know, a lot of people can get it, and a lot of times that's what we focus on, right? Getting it. Yeah. <laughs> but sustainability is all about can we keep it. You know, and that really, to your point, to be a responsible steward of your life, your business, whatever. Right. It should be not only can I get it, which is an important question. Right. But also, can I keep it? And is it worth getting if I can't keep it? Well, it depends on if you're publicly traded or not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Can I keep it for this quarter? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. When you're chasing Q over Qs, I promised $1.73 on the street. I mean, some of those things are... Um, you know, work counterproductive to organizational health. But I, I think such a huge topic needs to come into um, organizational health for the sustainability of 
you know, not only the people, the good people, but ultimately the long-term viability, sustainability of the organization. Mm, that is good. Well, you know, I think this is, it's such a great topic because again, we all like the idea of rest. Even today, there's a lot of research coming out on play. You know, you hear a lot of, hey, it's good to play. And it's we hear about Google's headquarters and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Of course, the other part of Google's headquarters is they stay here. So they're here for like 48 hours straight. So we well, have to it's provide mi- these things. That's yeah. millennials as well, right? They yeah. don't have traditional work hours and they want to play and have some fun as they're doing yeah. some of those things. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But even you talking about, you know, you need to recreate to recreate. And I think that's something we all have to keep in mind. But also, again, I love the strategic part of strategic sprints and strategic rests. And actually, again, strategic means in a lot of ways being intentional, right? Yes. Uh, sometimes we're forced to rest. Sometimes <laughs> it's in a hospital bed, right? Your body just shuts down and says, we were trying to tell you, you needed to rest. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but this is about being strategic with that. And so hopefully as a leader, this might be an area, it seems sometimes like a mountain that is too steep to climb. Uh, something that is just, it sounds great in principle, but to actually implement this seems very difficult because everything around us is saying, don't stop running. Um, but our very nature is we have to stop every once in a while to be at our best. And so uh, definitely appreciate you being on the podcast today. Uh, again, a very, very detailed uh, uh, episode today, and hopefully you can take this and apply it to both your own life and your, or your organization would love for you to go to influenceleadership.com. It's always all things Chris Fuller, and uh, the company are located there. If you want to work with Chris, uh, go ahead and schedule some time with him. Get on his calendar and uh, uh, both to speak with him, but also to get on his calendar and to work with him because it is certainly a, a rather full one. He works with so many different people throughout the year, um, but would love to work with you. And so do that at influenceleadership.com. You can contact us through there, connect with us on Facebook, uh, via email, however you want to do that. And as always, would love for you to rate and review the podcast. That means so much to us. You can do that on iTunes or SoundCloud, whatever you're listening through at this moment. Chris, our final word today. Um, Yeah, I got interested in in climbing um, and haven't done a lot, but uh, um, last year went to Everest Base Camp and uh, uh, hung out at base camp for a little bit. And watching the climbers, you know, you have to acclimatize. And one of the things that that essentially means for us as leaders is, let's focus on plateau building. So let's run it to a place and plateau and acclimatize to that volume level, to that level. Then we'll scale some more and let's acclimatize some more. We don't need organizational edema. And so as you're sitting here looking at these plateaus, this scale, let's let's sprint, hold, plateau, acclimatize, sprint, hold, plateau, acclimatize, and that makes it sustainable. And so let's keep that ambition going. I don't want you to stop the ambition. I just want you to do it strategically with some strategic sprints, some strategic rest. Let's go chase the dream, but let's chase it smart in a sustainable way. Oh, I love that. That is great. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today on the Influence Leadership Podcast.